So we've all gone through so much. And just to, you know, keep that positive outlook. And despite what you may see in the news, uh, some of it, you know, negative, unfortunately, some of it heartbreaking. Uh, there are always better days. Uh, the sun always rises, uh, no matter what. So just, you know, keep that uh, positive attitude and just know that uh, things will always get better. I think that's my, uh, you know, positive uh, affirmation Very for the cool. folks out We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios just south of downtown Columbus. Hi, this is Brett. With me as always is Carol. How are you? I'm good and I am so excited today. We have an incredible guest with us, but I finally get to ask him the questions <laughs> instead of him asking me the questions. So let's welcome Rodney Dunnigan, Managing Editor and Weekend Anchor for WSYX ABC Channel 6 and Fox 28 here in Columbus. Well, thank you all for having Thanks. me. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Like I was saying before we started, this is actually my first uh, yes. podcast experience. We love that. Yes. We do. We so do. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit nervous. Standing uh, or sitting behind the mic here, so I'm just Good. waiting for the just, questions and just as you had no pity for me, <laughs> Being, when I'd say, "Oh, I don't really want to be on TV," uh, <laughs> yes, and and so no, so le- listeners, let me give you a little bit of background. When I was the director of a nonprofit, I quickly learned that any news coverage was great news coverage. So few nonprofits really have an actual media marketing budget. We're not out there spending lots and lots of dollars. But once in a while, I would get a call from Rodney Dunnigan, who would say, Carol, I have a question. I'm on my way. And needless to say, (laughs) the next thing I knew, he was in my office. So Rodney and his videographer would be at my door. But I have to say, it was always a pleasure to work with him. He is incredibly talented, intelligent, savvy, and fair in his reporting. And he gets it. I would sit there and I could just see the wheels turning when I was answering his question. So I'm really excited to welcome him to our studio today and uh, get to ask him questions. All, All right. right. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Good. Okay. Good. We're good. <laughs> we're good. And, and we're going to let the listeners know right now that we do have a video camera in here with the TV station. Yes. So if you hear some noises in the background, as I want to give the camera then person technically i don't know what yes. you want to call um because i don't want to you know say say the wrong thing um give him the opportunity if he wants to make more noise he can't okay <laughs> great, that great. sort of thing so if we set yes. that up we're good okay and, and okay. speaking of surprises yeah. carol you guys didn't know that the camera was coming so no, we you didn't know, that was no, a surprise that's okay. no no no, no we're i good. shouldn't we're good. i shouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah. but i was you know uh we we always uh brett and i have this joke going that I invite all my friends <laughs> to, right, to do right. the podcast because it makes it easier. But right. uh, this is this is pretty exciting. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you came to Columbus as a Chicago native, but also by way of several other cities, which is mm-hmm. not unusual. Uh, where you were reporting, can you give our listeners an overview of your background? And the reporting experiences you had in various parts of the country. Okay. Well, I'll give you, uh, I'll take it all the way back to Jackson, Mississippi. uh, And I I have to tell you my uh, college story, first off. Um, Again, I'm from Chicago. uh, And I had, at the time, I knew that I wanted to get into the media somehow, but I just didn't know exactly how. If I wanted to get into radio, if I wanted to do TV or what. So what, what's, I, what sparked that? Uh, you know, I just always had an interest. I okay. think when I was a kid, I had a, a babysitter, believe it or not, that uh, her husband used to always watch the uh, local NBC station in sure. Chicago and five and six o'clock before my uh, mom 
came to pick me up, we yeah. would always watch mm-hmm. the news. So I, as a kid, I was always interested. That was okay. the first kind of spark. And then okay. I started listening to the radio and I figured, hey, do I want to be, you know, a reporter, an anchor? Do I want to be a radio DJ? Mm-hmm. So that kind of, you know, sparked my interest. Cool. Uh, so my mother had a college advisor at her church that told me about a small private school in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, Tougaloo College. Wow. I'm sure you guys have never heard of no, Tougaloo. No, no. <clears throat> Small private school, 1,000 students, and we're talking 1,000 with those who live on campus and off campus. So very small school. And at the time, we didn't have a you know radio station, TV station, anything like that. So I did the um, school newspaper. That's kind of how I started off. Mm-hmm. And I had a buddy who knew that I wanted to get into media, and he actually worked at a local TV station there in Jackson, Mississippi, doing production, working in-studio in camera. Mm-hmm. So he told me about a uh, part-time gig they had uh, working uh, the morning studio camera. I would come in at 3 o'clock in the morning, work from like 3 to 10 o'clock in the morning. So as a college student, that's something that you have to think about because that's, uh, especially on the weekend, that's prime party time. <laughs> right. Because I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting that in my head going, you're a college student at 3 a.m., right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's just say that I did have some some late nights and then early mornings <laughs> from time to time. I'm a college kid. Right. So, so I segued that. I started out uh, in production, uh, working early morning studio cameras, Saturday, Sunday, and I kind of segued that into an internship in the newsroom. And I went from an internship to an AP position, which is an associate producer. And I would, you know, edit tapes. I would write from time to time. And then eventually my senior year of college, I got a job anchoring, uh, not anchoring, but producing the uh, weekend news for the station there in Jackson, Mississippi. It was the uh, NBC station. And they would let me do some on-air reports from time to time. I was the Crime Stopper reporter, like the crime (laughs) of the week. Um, So that was my, you know, entryway. And then uh, from there, I literally um, I got a job there in town, my first official reporting job at the CBS station there in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I graduated on a Sunday and started my first official reporting job on a Monday. So that typically doesn't happen. So I was I was very excited about Mm -hmm. that. And I worked for two years there in Jackson, Mississippi at the CBS station as the uh, capital reporter. Jackson, Mississippi is the capital uh, of the state. So I would do a lot of uh, political reporting. That's why I got my kind of feet wet in that, uh, which was an interesting experience because as a kid fresh out of school, I really didn't understand much about politics. So right. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, kind of learn and get my feet wet. Talk about jumping in the deep end really exactly, quick. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This is true. So from there, I went to Dayton, Ohio. So that was my first uh, Ohio experience. I was working uh, in Xenia, Ohio, in the Green County Bureau. I was what you call a one-man band in the business, uh, which means I wrote my own video, I, I shot my own stuff, I edited, I even did my own live shots. So it was a lot of work, uh, trust me. But it was it was good because it gave me kind of a, a overall view of being a reporter and trying to understand what photographers go through. And it was crucial for timing because what a lot of people don't understand uh, with television, I'll just give you guys a, a little um, kind of preview. Before I came over here to this podcast, I had an 11 o'clock uh, shoot this morning for a story that I'm working on. And the story is for 5 o'clock tonight. So a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize how quickly we can right. turn stuff. And you're thinking like, well, if you had 11 o'clock shoot, you're here at 1 o'clock for this podcast, how are you going to get that story on at 5 o'clock? Not worried at all. It's just like once you have right. that time management down, you can handle it. Uh, so that helped me out. So from Dayton, Ohio, I went to Nashville, Tennessee. I worked at the uh, CBS station there for five years, uh, and I did some more uh, capital reporting there. Um, Nashville is the capital, obviously, of uh, Tennessee. And uh, I did some education reporting as well. Uh, and it's funny 
I'm a parent now, but at the time I was, you know, 25 or so, and I didn't realize the uh, importance of, you know, education report. And initially, mm-hmm. when I got the beat, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my God, this is going to be the <laughs> dry most dry board meetings." Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> exactly. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> but in the process, I learned how important it is because, I mean, it, education is just so important to number one families and the future of families, and and um, just. Um, School districts, you know, those uh, scores on school districts can mm-hmm. can dictate, you know, uh, how much your house is going to cost. So, I mean, it, it really has a ripple mm-hmm. effect. So uh, I learned the importance of that. And from Nashville, I went to Memphis, uh, Tennessee, where I anchored the morning show uh, for four years. And I did. It's funny. I kickstarted. um kind of a feature uh, report that we used to do called Cool School. Uh, so, because I kind of understood the importance. Mm-hmm. And I would go into schools and kind of highlight the positive things going on. If they had programs to kind of send kids to college, or maybe if a, a school won a state championship in football or basketball or something, we would kind of highlight some of the cool things going on. Mm-hmm. So that was a great way to get ingrained in the community. And from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, love took me to uh, Tampa, Florida, <laughs> because I met my wife in Memphis, and she got a job in Orlando, Florida. And before we got married, I said, okay, well, I'm going to come down there to Florida. So I came down and found a job in Tampa. And I was doing some general assignment reporting there in Tampa. And general assignment reporting is just typically just everything. That could be education. That can be politics. That can be, you know, crime. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going on in the community, that's what general assignment. And from there, I came here to Columbus, Ohio, where I've been for four years now, and I anchor the weekend show, and I do a little bit of everything. I do some investigative reports here. I work for our um, um, Ohio State football show, you can call uh, the, yes. the yes. Football <laughs> Fever. Uh, we uh, have a pre- and post-game show, right. so we do that, so I'm involved in that. So uh, I do a little bit of everything here, and I'm uh, definitely enjoying it. And since I've been here uh, in Columbus, we, me and my wife, uh, Jackie, we came here uh, solo, or as a duo, as you can say, and now it's four of us. We have a uh, two-year-old little girl and a one-year-old boy. And we love seeing the stories on Facebook. So (laughs) the whole city is following Jackie and Rodney on Facebook. But so what you did in terms of changing from um, all the the behind the scenes to on-air reporting and the different areas, politics, education, through all of that, you've increased your skills in doing this job. How has the business changed? What's going on differently today than when you started in college? Well, I think the main thing, just like in many industries, is just technology. I think Mm -hmm. technology has, uh, I mean, morphed uh, the business. I'll I'll give you a great example. Uh, When I was in Jackson, Mississippi, let's just say I was uh, trying to find a contact for a story. I would actually, people out there listening, some of you may remember these things, a phone book. Yes, I would actually have to go in a phone book and find, you know, addresses, phone numbers, and they would actually be there and they would be accurate, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. (laughs) So so that was something. And if I was uh, driving to a location, I would have to use MapQuest. At the time, I think MapQuest was was new. Uh, So I would, you know, go on the Internet and, uh, you know, find my addresses through MapQuest or I would actually have to pull out a physical map. Believe it or not, I couldn't go to my phone. I would have to pull out a physical map and map out where I'm going. And trust me, if you're going into some county or city that you have never been to in some small, tiny road, 
going on a, using a map is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Trust me. That Those five o'clock deadlines are a lot harder to meet. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So that and, uh, you know, just the, the telephone, you know, that I have right here, it just it has made the job just so much easier. I mean, I've had times where let's say if my photographer was a few minutes late uh, to a shoot or if he was shooting something else, I would actually shoot um, an interview on my phone mm-hmm. or shoot different mm-hmm. video Amazing. on my phone. Amazing. So it just makes it uh, so much easier. Um, but with technology, there are some drawbacks as well, too, because um, just like many other industries, you have uh, cutbacks, too. I mean, you would have huge newsrooms with, you know, different sports departments and um, different investigative units. And now uh, a lot of the business, uh, which, uh, again, like more industries, is like doing more with less. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot more of that, doing more with less. So it's um, it, it's in some ways a positive the technology, but in some ways a negative because you're taking away uh, those resources that a lot of folks are used to. But as far as just developing the news and finding contacts and and putting together stories quickly, technology is a huge plus. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you uh, one more thing too. Um, and this used to drive me nuts, me and my wife nuts, when we would watch a movie. And I'm sure you guys have actually seen this before. And this was, and you could see this in movies, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Let's say you had breaking news of fire and the crew would show up to the fire. They would hop out the live truck and they would turn on the camera and they would be live. <laughs> that used to drive me nuts because years ago, that was a mm-hmm. fantasy. You actually couldn't do that. You had to drive a live truck there. You had to set up a huge mass that would go up in the right. air, you know, right. 10, 15 feet. And you would have to, you know, set the live. It would be a process of seriously... <laughs> A fast live shot would take you 20 minutes to set mm-hmm. up. But now that's actually a reality. I can hop out of the truck and be live in 30 seconds. Right. So it's just amazing how, how things have kind of changed. So it's almost like a, a foreshadowing. So sometimes when right. I see stuff on movies now and I think that can't be reality, after what I've seen in this business in the last 10, 15 years, eventually it could be. Uh, yes. Yeah. You, you know, I think the best story I have with dealing with the World Wide Web hmm. I was working at Ohio State at the time, and OSU was a hub of the the beginning web. And you turn your computer on, and suddenly the world is there, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" You know what? What? And you're putting in questions, and you're getting answers, and it's amazing to see how the information process technology has taken. In, in how we are able to get information so much more quickly. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So. Well, unbiased coverage has become a touch point for us all. Mm-hmm. It also is kind of a tagline. It's not a necessarily a reality. Um, how do you maintain your neutrality in your reporting and what steps do you take to ensure that your story, gosh, is, it can be as complete as possible? Well, I'll tell you what. I think when people... Because in the last few years, you've heard the thing like fake news. Fake that, news. that is the yeah. you know slogan, so to speak. From a local news perspective, and I can only speak from a local news perspective, for us, it's just so uh, unfair. And the reason why I say that, people don't realize the difference between cable TV, talking heads, mm-hmm. and local news. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example of... Cable TV talking heads, which is what you see on literally every network, be it Fox, MSNBC, mm-hmm. CNN. It, it doesn't matter. You have, you know, three or four people there. You have a moderator. They throw out questions and they let them fight, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes it can be skewed depending on 
the station you watch. You know, you have some stations that are liberal, some stations that are conservative. I'm not necessarily going to say on mic who is who, because I guess that's just in the eye of the beholder or the right. eye of the listener. So I think that's where a lot of that comes from. As far as local news, it's really not difficult to stay right down the line because I think that we are not entertainment. When people look at cable news, it's more entertainment. Mm -hmm. We are providing a service. I truly believe that as local news reporters, and we are a part of the community. Just like Carol said, when I come and do a story with you, I want to be fair because I'm going to see you again and I can potentially see you with my family at the grocery store. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we don't come in and, you know, light a fire and leave. Right. We want to provide a service. We want to provide information to people. So it's really not that uh, difficult to stay down the line. And I try to be in my reporting fair. Sometimes we may have a, a difficult uh, interview or a difficult story. To highlight, but in doing that, I try to be fair. I try to give you your side of the story. I never go on air with any sort of uh, negative information without getting another side to say, "Hey, this is what's going on, and this is what this person mm-hmm. says." We we have to be fair, and I think I think the industry in general is just getting a bad name because of what people see on cable news. If you really sit down and concentrate on what's going on. On local news, and, and and it can be fair. Obviously, I work at Channel Six, but you can literally look at every other station. And I think that everybody here locally is providing a service. We want mm-hmm. to, whether it be severe weather coverage, whether it be what's happening in the community, what's happening at your schools. I think we're truly trying to connect with the community and to provide that service. You know, I I really think that people have lost the context of journalism and. And true reporting. I don't mean true, meaning if the story is true or not, but reporting information and facts as opposed to, as you said, entertainment. Um, I often get really aggravated on the cable shows when they do. They throw out a question and everybody has sort of their answer, but there's no follow up. There's no clarifying what they meant. You know, there's there's not uh, that information and making sure that what you're sharing is going to be good for the person who's listening. And and that really, I think, is some of the difference in what's exactly. going on. Yeah, Exactly. And and I'll just, um, you know, another example, um, just talking about coverage. I know a lot of folks don't want to hear about crime. And, you know, here in the city of Columbus, unfortunately, the last few years, we've had kind of an uptick in mm-hmm. violence. Uh, it's been a record year uh, last year and the year before for murders, unfortunately, in the city. And we have to report these things because we have to report what's going on in the community. But I also think it's important um, as a member of the community to show what's positive and what's being done. I like to, if I cover a crime story, which I do from time to time, obviously, I like to you know, highlight also programs and people that are trying to make a difference, mm-hmm. trying to make a change. You know, this neighborhood may be going through something. I'll give you a great example. Um I talk to a guy all the time that runs a program in Linden called We Are Linden. Mm-hmm. And we, we hear about uh, negative things in that community all the time, unfortunately. But we don't highlight people like that. His name is Ralph Carter. We don't highlight people like Ralph who are in a community trying to connect with kids, trying to lead them on the right path, trying to establish um, you know mentors to kind of help them along, to find them employment, to kind of pull their families up. So I think it's important that if we go into a community – 
that we show what's positive in that community too. And right. I think that's another uh, disconnect between us and cable and us and network. Let's say if there's a, a major happening in the city and you have, you know, NBC News, ABC News coming in, especially over the past few years, it's been a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of controversy, be it protests over different mm -hmm. things, be it, uh, you know, COVID, obviously that's been a big battle. I think a lot of people see, you know, cable news network, they'll come into a community and light a fire mm -hmm. and leave. Right. And that gives the media, because that's only, that's the word, the media, mm -hmm. a bad name. And mm -hmm. we're not the media. We're journalists. We are you. We are, when I go to a neighborhood and cover something, I live here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I may, I live 15 minutes from Basically, every every story I cover, for the most part, I'm 15, 20 minutes away. My home is. So right. this is my community. So, I mean, unfortunately, from time to time, we have to cover negative things. But I definitely want to highlight the positive and what's being done to change the community for the better. Well, I think that negative story over and over and over and over again has been seen in the city of Whitehall, for example. Oh, They have yeah. always had a bad reputation in regards mm -hmm. to just underdevelopment, crime and such, and they have had a hard time getting out of it. But now they're, they're taking strides to do so. And I think every community can have that problem mm -hmm. if the media just drops mm -hmm. their grenade there, as you just said, and, and walks away and it's like, you guys take care of it. Yeah. We did our job by fusing things up. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and, it, and that's it's not fair. Right. Yeah. The, it, if somebody's coming in and dropping little bombs, all of you are now responsible for trying to kind of clean up the mess that they've left behind. Right, right. When our office was in was in Whitehall, people would always say to me, oh, you don't want to drive down to Whitehall. It's terrible. I'm like, are you kidding? I love Whitehall. They have done a marvelous job and they are a dynamic community. I'm a product of Linden. I grew up in Linden. I was born in Linden, went to school in Linden, um, loved it, still love that community. And People don't want to hear about crime in Linden because they're tired of their neighborhood getting bashed. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. very cool. Very cool. So we talked a little bit about that notion of technology making a huge change, not just in terms of the widgets or the gadgets that you have to use, but also in getting that information. It's almost like, can you ever get all the information? Is, <laughs> you know, how do you make sure that you've got enough? Or is it just one of those like, I got what I got, and when I get more, I'll report more. Well, I guess it really just depends on what you need because, honestly, um, when you look at us, television is a lot different from, say, the newspaper because we have time constraints. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't realize that um, typically a story on the news is like a minute and 30. That is the typical package of a, of a story. And I think a lot of people don't realize how you know quickly because the attention span – be it with social media and what people see on, you know, Facebook and Instagram, they're used to short bites and short clips. So we have to keep things short. So the me, when I'm doing a story, I just try to focus on what's the most important, you know, what's going to grab people's attention, whether it be, you know, a certain soundbite or a certain sort of, sort of video. I always try to figure out, you know, what's important. And if we have some additional information, that's for the web. That's for, you know, the Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'll, twit, I'll tweet that out. I'll put that on Facebook or I'll direct you to the station. And I was website. just going to ask you, yeah. do you see people following up and getting more information? Yes, do exactly. You? Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're getting that feedback and you're seeing yeah. it being utilized. That's great. And okay. that's that's something that um, our management and, and a lot of, you know, stations, they mm -hmm. push. I'll give you a great example. Uh, yesterday, I was out at uh, OSU Pro Day. So we were doing that, and uh, me and uh, Miles Harris, he's one of our reporters at the station, we were doing like uh, Facebook Lives because they were trying oh. to, you know, 
it's just giving people different nuggets, you know, hey, what's going on here? And you can see this going on mm-hmm. live, it, you know, a lot of Ohio State fans. So a lot of people are going on Facebook and engaging. Hey, what's going mm-hmm. on? How's this player doing? So it's just it's about dropping nuggets. And that's uh, you, you talk about another difference with technology and how the business is changing. It it never stops. There was a time where the news was on at noon, five, six, eleven. And that's it, you know, mm-hmm. and morning show. But now literally news is 24 right. seven. So you have to give you have to give people information. If I'm covering a story, I have to tweet it so people know, hey, Rodney's on the story. Let me follow him on social media and let me tune in at five o'clock to watch. So it's like it's literally nonstop. Wow. That's scary. It is really. <laughs> so how do you how do you mentally take a break from that? Then, uh, I mean, honestly, you've with, got to, right? Yeah, you, you have to because it's just, I, and I have to pull myself away. Sometimes I'm forced to just because of the family, the kids. Yeah, you know, yeah, if it, yeah, if it weren't right. for, if it weren't for the kids, which I think is I would a blessing, be a, isn't it? Which if you is think true, about it, which yeah. Because I would be a lot more plugged in because that's something that my wife gets on me all the time. I'm in the bed at, at night and I'm <laughs> looking at emails and I'm checking Twitter to see what's going on, checking Facebook. So right. it's very. Sometimes you do have to disconnect. I try to at least on my off days. I'm off on Mondays and Tuesdays. I try to disconnect. I still watch the news. I may watch the five and six o'clock show on those days, but other times I try to disconnect because it can just just bog you down and just mm-hmm. seeing the, you know, I, I don't want to say negativity, but but it, but it is though. The the mostly constant, news is yeah, yeah. negative if yeah. you think about it. The constant barrage of yeah. you know bad I, news, I was, bad I, news. I, <laughs> yeah, it's not just that it's negative; it's emotional. Exactly. Whether it's yeah. positive, negative sad, happy. I think that's Mm -hmm. what kind of pushes me on social media is it doesn't stop and it's constant. I don't know how people, oftentimes I would hear folks, especially um, for LinkedIn and LinkedIn coaches would say, oh, 15 minutes in the morning, that's enough. Like 15 minutes, I just barely look at the first page of what's on my LinkedIn's. I, I I don't know how people can can continue to do that. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that's why it's contingent upon us to reflect those positive things. We can't just, like I said, if there's crime in a neighborhood, we need to reflect, you know, right. what's positive in that neighborhood. If there is a situation where you have, let's say, a, a fatal fire or something, you know, what is a community doing to, you know, back up that family or support that family? You know, what sort of shining light can you, you know, give to people? Or even what the viewer can do exactly. so they at least feel good about helping to get over that minute of story. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, as we just covered right now, this is a tough business, yet mm-hmm. there's so many young professionals ready to take their chances with careers in media. What advice do you have for young journalists uh, with, you know, critical decisions that they need to face with this? You've laid out a great picture of what the lifestyle is oh yeah so you know how do they break into the field are there critical steps they should take in their training the early years or is it really kind of an ojt on job training a lot of it too well i'll tell you honestly most of it is is on a job training i tell people this all Mm -hmm. the time i don't care what school you go to you can go to you know some of the best uh, journalism schools in the country university of missouri northwestern you know syracuse those are you know the big names uh it doesn't matter. You aren't going to really learn the job until you get on right. the job. When you have to confront, um, you know, a public official who's done something wrong, when you have to knock on a mother's door who just lost their child in an accident, right. you aren't going to know what it's like until you do it. Right. Uh, as far as breaking into the job, I think the most important thing I always tell people is just to get in the door. And what I mean by that is you have a lot of kids who want to be – First thing you want to be, especially when you're talking about television, I want to be an anchor. 
I want to be in anger. I want to see my name in lights. I want to see my face on a billboard. Six foot two. Yes, I want to be in yes. Oh, nine years old. I want to be an anchor. That's funny. Number one, don't tell anybody you want to be an anchor. We know. We know. Every, anybody, anybody. I, I tell. I'm. I'm. I'm truthfully honest when I tell people this. Right. Anybody who works in TV, you have to have an ego. And this is what I, I tell sure. anybody who says they work in television and they say they don't have an ego, they're a liar. <laughs> that 100% fact, they're sure. a liar. Because if you didn't have an ego, then you would write for the newspaper. You want to see yourself on TV. Right. Right. You you, you, would, you have to have that confidence to be able to sit to, on TV. Right? I'm, I'm going to be truthfully, I love journalism and we'll, we'll get deeper into this, but I'm just trying to be 100% factual with mm-hmm. you all. I like seeing myself on TV. Sure. I do. I do. And everybody who works on television, they like seeing us. We really like seeing Jackie on TV, too. Yeah, so I do, too. I, I do, too. I do, too. So I would tell young journalists, yeah, don't tell anybody you want to be an anchor. We know. Uh, just n- first and foremost, get in the door. Um, like I said, I started out in production. Um, so just and that a lot of times is the easiest in the television business is just the easiest way to get in the door because mm-hmm. those are entry level positions that they can, you know, kind of train you relatively quickly. So just get in the door. Once you're in the door, you can do whatever you want to do because I'm an employee. I can literally I can follow a reporter out on the story. I can, you know, hang out with the producers. I can learn how to write. So just get in the door and be willing to do that. And then when you get there, be willing to work, be willing to let's say if I work in production. Well, let me see if I can get an internship in the newsroom and learn how to write. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too. You have to realize that, you know, you're a journalist and, and a writer, probably a writer first. That's first and foremost. You need to learn how to write. So you need to learn, you know, how to write for television because writing for television is a lot different from writing oh, yes. for newspaper. Oh, yes. And I, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize that too. A lot of people when they get in the business, they write like it's a press release or a newspaper. It's totally different. You have mm-hmm. to be a lot more conversational. You have to be a lot more relaxed. So I think, think that's it. And just be willing to, um, deal with criticism because you're going to get criticism from the public. You're going to get criticized at work. Um, so you just have to have a uh, thick skin. Trust me, thick skin. Cause yeah. you will get emails and calls about everything and just be willing to uh, realize that you're going to have to dedicate uh, your life to this. If you, if you really want to, you know, rise in the ranks. If you really want to work in a big city in New York, Chicago, I mean, a lot of times you, even though the business is changing, it's not like it was, you, you would have to bounce around to a bunch of different cities to, you know, working in LA. Now you may have to work in two cities and then you can jump to LA, but it's going to take some moving and it's going to take some, some dedication. You're going to have to give up some of those weekends. You're going to have to give up some of those holidays with family at 3am. Yeah. At three, <laughs> right. You, you yes. may have to come in at two, 3am. So, I mean, it is a lot behind it to get to that point of being an anchor. I mean, you can get there, mm-hmm. but Every anchor has put in a lot of work to get to that point. There, there are no overnight success no, stories. No, there are no overnights. You know, I when you were talking at the beginning of the podcast about all that you did in your years running up to being here with us in Columbus, um, I worked with students and interns at Ohio State for 30 years and loved seeing students do those internship positions. I actually had a student who begged me for a position, um, for an internship, and then realized that internship was going to interfere with OSU football Saturdays and dropped out. And I go, 
Okay, but don't come to me again yeah. for another internship. That's not going to happen. But you know what? I will tell you this, though. I appreciate that. And this is why, because you need to realize this is not for me. Exactly. Right. This, this you need to. Why waste your time? This because this is what the job is. This is right. You, you're going to miss OSU football. Speaking of that, again, you know, I'm the co-host for the Football Fever. Since I've been here in Columbus, I've actually gone to one OSU game. Right. Literally one game. <laughs> yes. So that shows you. Yes. You know, you don't. You, I would love to go to a game. Love to, but. I'm at work. You're what working. What can you do? You're working through it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I think, too, that when I was introducing you and I was saying that you would get it, when you and I talked, you would get it. It's not just because you've had years of experience. It's because the thought process you were going through when you and I talked about issues of older adults finding jobs, and there were critical issues, it I, I knew you were thinking through that process. So many times I would talk to a reporter, print or TV or radio, and they had two or three questions for me that I knew they really hadn't thought about the question. They had no clue how to do follow-up questions to it, and they really weren't listening to my answers. They just wanted to ask the next question. And that's where what makes you uh, so much better at your job. That and I think that's what people appreciate is that they know they're they're getting the information they want to hear. Well, they, thank they you, I appreciate to. that. I think a big thing for me is just, uh, especially when a story, just having that focus. You need to have, you need to know what the story is. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of folks, and I think this is more younger journalists, I would say, it, because this is something that I struggle with. I would come when I first started in the business. I gave myself 20 questions. If I would go out on a story, I would literally write down 20 mm-hmm. questions. These were the 20 questions I was going to ask regardless. Regardless of what the answer was, this is what I, Now I literally don't prepare. I literally don't write any questions down because I know what the story is. I know what I want to ask. I know what the story is. And I want to have more of a conversation. I think you will get more out of your interview subjects when you just have a conversation and you don't, I mean, obviously there are key questions that need to be asked, but I know that because I know the right. focus of the story. I don't need well, to necessarily write it down. Exactly. Right. And and that takes years of experience. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what an internship or some kind of a professional opportunity does for a young person mm-hmm. when they're getting started. It's not that they can't do it, but it may not be obvious to them that they need to do that. They need to do that research and really think through the questions and you know, have them on a piece of paper or on the top of their head, wherever, but be ready to make it worth the listener viewer's time to listen to the interview. Exactly. So very cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we uh, we aren't going to delve real deeply into elections, but that's been one of the questions we've had on this podcast program is, you know, what happens we no sooner have an election and the next cycle starts. It, it used to be that there was a break between mm-hmm. elections and there's no break now. Um, in your look at the the um, workings of, of the election process and what people are needing in today's information world about elections, how has that changed for you as a reporter? Is well, I think that goes back to just uh, what's going on in, in cable news, because I think cable, because it, it always goes back to that, because everything now is just such a hot button issue. And, mm-hmm. and you know, everything is about a soundbite and what can get people riled up to get the most attention. And unfortunately, a lot of politicians are just trying to get people riled up 
because that's going to be the soundbite that's going to make the news. That's going to get me attention. And, and that, that could the next ad. Yes, yes. The next ad. And that could <laughs> yeah. potentially get me votes. Right. So me, the way I approach politics, I just look for those issues that truly affect people, not just the hot button issue of a mm-hmm. hot button soundbite. How is this truly impacting somebody? This um candidate that's running, what are their uh, topics or what's on their agenda that's really going to impact families? Mm-hmm. And I try to focus on that. I try to focus on the important stuff and not necessarily the hot soundbite because right. it's, it's always easy to go for the hot soundbite because, again, that's what a lot of folks want is just that that back and forth. And I think it's a, a contingent upon us to really focus on what's important to the community. I, I also think, too, when when we talked to, about this this issue back in 2020, um, I, I hope that listeners understand that you can report it, but it's our responsibility to do our homework too, mm-hmm. and to really to listen, to get make sure you got all that inf- information, and to vote. And I'm gonna tell you something too. Uh, you need to get your information from different sources. I was just gonna ask you from yes. the, your media perspective, what is a good advice from a, someone in the media? How to do some research? Okay, number one. Stay away from Facebook. Facebook is <laughs> okay. not research. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Please True. stay away from Facebook. And just, I mean, you can get information from different sources. Like you can watch local news. You can watch national news. Let's say, let's say if you watch Fox, fine, watch Fox. Watch CNN, too. If you watch CNN, watch MSNBC, too. M- MSNBC too. If you watch MSNBC, watch NBC. Just get it from different sources. If you read right. the Washington Post, you know, need, read the New York Post. If you read the New York Post, read, you know, the Dispatch. Just you need to just get it from everywhere to really have a full understanding because you got to think. Mm-hmm. Let's say if you're watching a story on our newscast, I told you the typical story is a minute and 30 seconds. So there's only so much information that right. I'm going to give you. But if you watch another station, or read it in a newspaper, you may get a little bit more information. You mm-hmm. may get a, some additional, you know, oh, a factoid that I didn't know. So I, I just think it's, uh, you have to, like you said, Carol, take it upon yourself, that responsibility that you have to uh, thirst for knowledge and look for that knowledge from different places and not just one one source. I would tell anybody, you know, don't just watch us, watch other stations too. You know, uh, listen to other radio stations, read the newspaper. You need to get as much information as you can, especially when you're dealing with politics. Because right. I think a lot of times now, People unfortunately get their politics from Facebook and Twitter, and the algorithms basically just point you to what you want to hear. So you're just hearing the same thing and reading the same thing over and over and over. But most people don't – well, not most. Almost all people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. You're being fed what the algorithm is wanting – seeing that you want to be fed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's so sad Mm -hmm. because it's changed. It didn't used to be that way. Mm -hmm. And – in itself, Facebook has now become, or any social media platform, I don't pick on them, but we can do that, yeah. <laughs> um, has become a resource for certain people. Mm-hmm, or, exactly. feed, you know, feed what you want to, to be fed. Yeah, yeah. Let's change topic just a little bit because I want to – I think is, this is interesting too because you're in the spotlight constantly. Obviously, you said you do want to be. Mm-hmm. You like the camera. Yeah. That's sort of thing. The camera likes you too. Mm-hmm. But but you also have – a public role, but you got a private role, mm-hmm. you know, role here in in the community with your wife and family. How do you create, maintain that bubble? That this is my space. Yeah. Stay away. Well, how do you do that? I, I think honestly, it's um, you know, being at home because when when yeah. you're out in the public, when you're a public figure. 
you're always on. Like mm-hmm. we're always when we go out to the mall, when we go out to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. We're always on because <laughs> yeah. you would be surprised the day because I've had several times where I walked into a restaurant or walked into a walked into the grocery store and I had an attitude that day and somebody said, oh, you're the guy from the news. And then I have to put a smile on my face because I have to be nice. Like I'm never rude. Eh? If you want to take a picture, if you want to shake my hand yeah. or whatever. Because you're a viewer, and I feel that I'm always a reflection of the station. I am. Regardless of where I go, I'm always a reflection of the station. So I think it's just that connection, just honestly, in the closed confines of my home, <laughs> for the most part. Right. Yeah. Or if we, you know, go out to a park or something, we're mm-hmm. alone. I mean, and, and I don't want to give you the impression, I mean, you know, I'm a local news reporter. It's not like, it's not like I'm, uh, you know, um, Eddie George. I don't have people running to me all the time. Sure. Anyway. But when I, when I do see people out in the public, and then I appreciate it because when you come up to me, I know that you're watching and you appreciate the work. And then it's just good to have that connection to the community. And I think that's important and that can help me in my reporting and anchoring to have that connection. You know, if somebody tells me, hey, you know, this is going on in my community or having a conversation, I think it just helps us to connect to the public, to the viewers better. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we, uh, I got to, uh, Andrea Camber used to be an anchor for uh, 10 TV years and years and years ago. But before she left, she was um, at a, an, uh, an event at our elementary school with the kids. And it was interesting to see when she was not on mm-hmm emceeing the event. She was just there to you know do the mic and kind of talk, but she, and I know she knew people were watching at the same time, but she did let herself go and just have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Took her shoes off, mm-hmm. played with the kids, yeah. but she wasn't on and you could see that personality shine through. And I, I really appreciated that because she, because you could see other people and I couldn't, I don't know their names and such, but they were always on. Mm-hmm. That, that expecting a camera to be on or with it performing, I guess maybe it would be more than anything else. And it's like, I really appreciated that of her. Mm-hmm. Well, that you she let her, she let yeah. her be herself, but herself was actually genuinely Andrew Camper. And, yeah. Well, and it you, sounds like you're going the same direction. Yeah, yeah, Just, yeah. Of you course, know everybody has a bad day. Of course, everyone exactly. does. But at the same time, I want to be me though too. Yeah. And you don't want to be a character. You don't want to be right. a news guy all the time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think in, in, for you, social media has, worked well because and and maybe it's because the kids are so darn cute (laughs) but but it's i you know it's it's fun for me to see when when one of your postings come through the people who have liked it Mm -hmm. people in my world you know cousins or folks i went to school with i'm like oh they're watching him too and they're watching (laughs) but it but it it sort of gives a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we like to share what's what's going on in our life. You know, the happy times. Although, you know, we don't share, you know, everything, obviously. Uh, but we do like to. I think that's a great way to connect with the community, and I, I think that's mm-hmm. what what social media was for before it became, you know, this political hotbed of of fighting and all oh, that. Yeah. I think that's what it initially. Yeah. I I think I use it for what it was meant for, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. years ago. Well, well, I when I when I originally emailed you, I I mentioned that you know if Jackie wanted to come and give us a twofer, she was mm-hmm. more than welcome. <laughs> this morning when I got up, I thought maybe Jackie and the kids will come. <laughs> we well, would she, have had we'd had a great time. Yeah. She, she's with my daughter now at home, so oh, yeah, yeah. there you so go. She's busy. <laughs> there you go. So, um, gosh, this time has gone by too quickly. <laughs> we could sit here and talk with Rodney all day. Um, listeners, don't forget any resources we've mentioned today um, will be in our podcast program notes, and we, we're going to give a shout out to uh, your folks in Linden that you talked about, Ralph. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure we get Ralph in, into cool. the show notes and and a, a link to his website. Um, but Rodney, also, we always ask our guests 
before we end the program, any words of wisdom? Any This is your opportunity to say as you wish to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think that uh, if I had a word of uh, wisdom, hmm, this is a surprise question. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I had to have one in all of these questions. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Uh, I think just to be uh, just to be positive, uh, obviously we've all been, uh, at this point, you know, dealing with the pandemic for two years now. So we've all gone through so much and just to, you know, keep that positive outlook. And despite what you may see in the news, uh, some of it, you know, negative, unfortunately, some of it heartbreaking. Uh, There are always better days. Uh, The sun always rises uh, no matter what. So just, you know, keep that uh, positive attitude and just know that uh, things will always get better. I think that's my, uh, you know, positive uh, affirmation for the folks out there. Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. This has been this has been a joy. This is everything we expected and more. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me again. And and my first podcast experience uh, definitely went well. I I I hope it will. Will you do more then? Yes, I will. Good. Good. Wonderful. I was just going to say, can we invite you back? We don't want to. We don't want to burn him. It's like he'll never do another podcast again. No, no, no. no. I'm looking forward to our way podcast. My God, never again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never doing another podcast. (laughs) I will definitely do it again, and I will come back here if you guys invite me. Oh, great. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks.